welcome to Dad Hammer, Boulders and Booze, where we discuss all things Warhammer while staying hydrated with an adult beverage. I am David the War Boss, and I am joined by the most generic space marine in the Imperium, Mr. Medicaid Steve. Steve, how are we doing? Oh, we're doing good. I think we've prayed to the machine god and uh, lit all the right incense and did everything we're supposed to do. So I think we're on track now, man. Oh, uh, good. All, all technical <laughs> difficulties have been removed and purged from the galaxy. Yes, with That's fire. That's good. <laughs> I love technology, except when it's terrible. <laughs> except when it's terrible. But you know what? Here's my here's my uh, my transition. You know what's not terrible? Warhammer 40,000. That is not terrible. <laughs> so smooth of a transition. Well, we have a phenomenal show for you. Uh, we're going to talk about Warhammer 40,000 10th edition index releases. It's here. It's real. Yay! It's happening. And we, we're going to talk about the Space Marine chapters that have come out. We're going to talk a little bit about Chaos, um, a whole lot about uh, Xenos or Xenos, Xenos, Xenos. Um, anyway, the, the aliens. Yeah. And, uh, then we're going to round out the show with some terrain rules discussion for 10th edition and a little bit of controversy that has hit the, uh, the YouTube scene about specifically terrain rules being quote unquote broken. Um, and, uh, we actually disagree about that. So we'll, we'll talk about that here in a second. Thank you so much for listening to our show. If you like what you're hearing, please make sure to rate, follow, and subscribe on wherever you follow or uh, wherever you listen, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. You can also find us on social media, but primarily dadhammerpodcast.com. You'll find all of our content there. But first, we're going to start with the most important part of every Wargaming podcast, and that is what are we drinking? Steve, what are you drinking this evening? Well, in celebration of uh, the Xenos Index release and the one that's near and dear to your heart, the uh, Orcs in particular, mm-hmm. I'm uh, drinking an Orc-inspired cont- cocktail that we named the Grot Bomb. Yeah. Uh, the, the real drink is a Kentucky Kamikaze, because <laughs> that's pretty much what a Grot Bomb is. It's a Grot, <laughs> it's a grot-guided missile. So, yep. Yep. so I looked it up. And, you know, the technical uh, recipe is for vodka, right? Mm -hmm. Well, that's a little too clean, uh, a little too tasteless. So I I just decided that we should probably do something a little bit more orky and went for bourbon instead. It's a real recipe. You can interchange it as you wish. So the Grot Bomb is an ounce and a half of bourbon of your choice, uh, an ounce of triple sec, an ounce of lime juice and a lime wedge for garnish. So I think, like I said, the, the, the vodka I like to drink is pretty clean and almost tasteless. So I wasn't just, I wasn't terribly interested in drinking a straight triple tasted drink, but man, this is, this is really good. Yeah. Vodka really doesn't have much of a flavor. I mean, I, I, well, that, that's my personal, uh, opinion i guess but vodka is really just something to help dilute your drink a little bit and t- to give it a a, a spike without altering mm-hmm. the flavor much so i'm with you uh, adding in the triple second bourbon it sounds pretty good um it's very long island iced tea yeah kind of flavor did but, you actually uh, do the lime wedge is the lime wedge on there uh is it gonna hurt our algorithm if i say no <laughs> i was about to say <laughs> Because the that whenever there's a lime wedge or an orange peel or mm. anything like that, I'm like, man, I don't, I don't want to get a, a lime out and cut it up and and do all of that, and essentially just for one slice or just for the peel. So I end up cheating mm. and you yeah. know just throwing in something else in there. But uh, I mean, if I had decent folks coming over, like, oh, I don't know, say you. You came over. You get oh. a, you get a lot. Now wait a minute. Now now you're classifying <laughs> me. You've gone too far. I don't consider myself a quote decent folk. Well, decent is decent just enough on the line. You know what I mean? Yeah, d- it's... D- decent enough. I'll, I'll go yeah. there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good well, enough to let you around my kids. Yeah. Good enough to to let me near your liquor cabinet. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Well, very interesting choice of drink but you know on brand for what we're going to discuss tonight we're going to get a little orky 
which is always a good time. I am uh, drinking something a little less sophisticated, but it, it doesn't, it's just, a, it's going to be a beer, but it is from um, the brewing company in Chattanooga called Hutton and Smith. And oh. I've had, I mean, they make several and I've had one of these before. This is the Tectonic Session IPA. And oh, nice. um, I, I mean, I like it. it. It's actually a, a lighter IPA. You know, a lot of okay. times I, I drink hazy IPAs that are a little mm-hmm. more high graph. Uh, but this one is is a little easier to drink, uh, 5.1%. And um, and to make it even tastier, I'm drinking out of an official Dad Hammer uh, mug, Dad Hammer cup. <laughs> yes, which, sir. Which is just cool. It just makes me feel feel more official. So, uh, well, yeah. you enjoy your cocktail. I enjoy my beer. Cheers, sir, and bottoms up. Cheers. Well, let's get into some 10th edition news, specifically around the index updates. And man, it just feels like we're, we're right on the eve of 10th edition launching, and I could not be more excited. Uh, it's really an exciting time right now. Um, and we'll start the just kind of in order of the releases from the Warcom site. They first came out with the Space Marine chapters. Um, you know, some, uh, I saw the reactions uh, immediately from the, the internet hordes as it were, uh, <laughs> about, oh no, they, they ruined my faction or they, they didn't include my chapter or they, they did this, they did that, you know, and this is not a podcast where we get into to that kind of stuff. I, no. well, you'll hear us say this a lot of times, but we, we recognize this is a game. This is something mm-hmm. that's fun that we enjoy that this is a company making products that we like and That's right. you know the rules and all that stuff are really important to someone like me because i i really like the strategic element we talked about this on a previous podcast where i like getting into the game for the the strategic stuff and the rules are really awesome and i love them but it's it's not going to make or break my experience if they happen to nerf something or remove it um i actually like change so and i know you're the same way so we're here for the for the good times and the booze of course that's right, um, for the ride. That's right. So with that, we'll start off, and I'll, I'll preface this by saying the index that the the in, indice indexes indexes. Yeah, that yeah. we're going to discuss tonight are primarily going to be the ones that are uh, that, we, that we play that we actually have some knowledge around. Um, there's there's tons of stuff out there, and we could go line by line. Number one, that would take mm-hmm. forever. Number two. <laughs> We're, we're not going to have a ton of knowledge. So we really, we just want to speak to the ones that we actually play on a, on a, you know, week in, week out basis. Yeah. So, so let's start on the space Marine chapters. We'll start with you with the dark angels and Steve, I'm, uh, I, I played against you with the dark angels mm-hmm. in ninth, and I am interested to hear what your thoughts are with, with this new index, the approach, the feel of the army what are you thinking so far and what are the main things that 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 stuck out to you well i feel like for me it's going to be a lot more user-friendly if that makes sense um they had a lot of cool synergies they had the the um you know first and second companies the death wing the raven wing and all those things and the problem is is that for me they were so different and, and how you, you played with them and use their synergies and their, their special tactics and things that it gets a little muddled up and was a little hard to, to kind of keep in like a nice flow chart in your head. Mm-hmm. So I would always forget little bits of things here and there that were, you know, strategically necessary. Then, you know, I was losing advantages um, just because I wasn't prepared. And most of that was just bookkeeping, you know? Yeah. But it just, this flows better to me. Uh, it might feel different when we actually play. Uh, but just to kind of go through some highlights, I, the Grim Resolve is completely different, it feels like. I, I don't remember what ninth was now, but it, it obviously had nothing to do with objective control stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think it had something to do with uh, morale tests and all that, which 
Gosh, that was a whole nother bag of cats. Yeah, I'm so glad those are gone. Just, <laughs> it doesn't bother me at no all. One, no one cared about the morale phase, honestly. It was just something <laughs> that got in the way. And I'm, I'm so glad to see them steer clear that and focus on this objective control stuff and battle shock. Well, and we, we've harped on the whole battle shock thing being important. And we don't know exactly how it's going to be. But, you know, when we first looked at it, it was like, oh, battle shock, that's cool. And then as we went on, I was like, man, this is going to be a real deal. Yeah. So their main, the, the main detachment, you know, there's going to be different detachments and how they roll that out. We don't know yet, but the main, uh, the unforgiven task force, their main detachment rule is the grim resolve. But this one is, it doesn't matter if your unit gets battle shocked at all anymore. Now mm-hmm. you may go from an OC of two, um, down to one, but the way this is reading, you'll never go below one. So it says, uh, an adeptus Astartes unit from your army is battle shock. Uh, change the objective control characteristics of models in that unit to one. instead of zero. Yeah. You're not going to, you're not going to shake them, right? That's right. Kinda what, so you're never yeah. going to, you're never going to shake them off an objective. So that may be really important. That's cool. Uh, I'm kind of liking that. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like this, like, Oh, that's just unbeatable, but that could be the difference between your victory points, you know, in your turn or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to go on, I they have so many good ones. We, I could just go on and on, but one that struck out at me at the, uh, the intractable strat. So for one CP, you get to use this in your movement phase. And it basically, if you're in combat, and decide this is a bad place to be, you can fall back. Um, and usually, you know, when you fall back, you can't do anything else. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's all they can do. Now you can spend a CP, fall back, shoot, and then charge. That's pretty awesome. I think it's pretty amazing. Yeah. I mean, because you, you could be in combat with a, say like a character or something who's really strong. Um, you and you're like this is not going to go well for me if i if i fight again this is going to go poorly mm-hmm. uh so instead of just standing there and taking it you can fall back which normally you would fall back and that's all you get and you'd probably just get charged again and slaughtered but now you could fall back shoot maybe do some more damage um and then charge them again so i don't know it's, it feels really cool you can drop back and soften them up and then go back in and I think it gives you an idea, uh, an option of doing something really cool. Yeah, and I I, I love the fact that, and we're, we'll talk about this with uh, with the next chapter here in a second. But mm-hmm. I love the fact that that just the theme of every chapter of every army that that's been the thing with with tenth edition so far with all the the index releases. They're really getting the flavor and mm-hmm. uh, of these armies down, and you feel like you're playing something different versus. Yes just doing the same thing over and over again. And I know that was a big, uh, a big point of kind of, um, you know, division when the first space Marine index, the, the generic space Marine index came out for 10th, everyone thought they were going to lose some of that flavor. When actually, I think they've doubled down on it with mm-hmm. these chapters and it's, uh, I, I feel it even more now than, than before. So that's cool with the dark angels that it's almost like they're more uh, stoic, right? They're, they're going to be, they're more confident and they're going to be staying on those objectives. And even if you, you rough them up and you, and you kind of freak them out a little bit with the, with the battle shock, they're not going to lose sight of what they're there to do from a, from a mission perspective, which I think is really, really cool. Yeah. I mean, that's lore wise. That's what they were. I mean, they're the first, the first Legion. They're the emperor's angels of death. I mean, that's who they sent when the enemy was too tough to crack. Right, because that's just how they would get yep. through it. Yep. And they have another one, the the grim retribution that I love. That basically, if you get in your in the your opponent shooting phase, um, they shoot you, kill a couple models, and it's their phase, but you get to shoot back. Like, bef- it's not even it's, you get to shoot back as if it's your shooting phase. Yeah, the return the return yeah. fire. Yeah. I, I think there's that's going to fall across the board. I think a lot of uh, factions are going to have something similar, but mm-hmm. I thought that was really neat. And it just opens up the possibility of these unit combos that I've been thinking, like when I'm sitting 
doing something that I get to just wander off and just thinking about like, man, what can I put together now? And we talked about how important characters are going to be and how big it feels like they're making that a, a thing. They want you to attach these characters, uh, these leadership units, in, and embed them in other units. And I was thinking, I thought, man, I could take Azrael, who's a pretty much of a beast anyway, mm-hmm. has some excellent shooting buffs and, and other things, put it with 10 Hell Blasters, which I would have never used in Knife. They cost too much, couldn't get a lot out of them, but put Azrael with 10 Hell Blasters and pack them in a Land Raider and just go driving around riding dirty. Um, <laughs> I thought that just now just, I've got uh, the now I got the song stuck in my head. See, oh, yeah, man. that's what I think about when I. This is what <laughs> kept me out of the good schools, my friend. Uh, and then further on, like you then then go to a different aspect uh, away from Green Wing. You have the Death Wing, so you got all these you know bone color Terminators, but you got the Command Squad, which they have it's basically three characters more or less embedded in the unit. You could add seven other terminators for you know, a unit of 10. And then you would have 10 terminators with these amazing buffs. You could get a couple heavy weapon options. Yeah. And then, and then you're in, in the Leviathan box, you're getting the captain and terminator armor. So attach that captain. And I think you could just have these just amazing thematic, dangerous units that were just they're just going to be so much fun to play i'm looking forward to it i always uh whenever i would i would see the the terminators and the, the different units that you would put on the table with that like that wraith bone color yeah uh, i it was just so different than than other armies and to me dark angels even though green is kind of their their thing i like that the wraith bone color along with it to make them stand out and they feel um the dark angels with those terminators feel a little meatier than yeah. than maybe some other space marine chapters like they've but seen some stuff <laughs> yeah, exactly well yeah. i i'm i'm excited I, I think there's a lot of cool synergies and and combos that you can play with dark angels i'm excited to see what you put on the table uh, when you play against the next chapter that uh, we're going to come up with here is Space Wolves, one of the armies that I play. I'm not a huge Space Marine player. I'm mm-hmm. more of a, a Xenos player. But uh, I did pick up Space Wolves as a, a, a chapter because I thought they were a little different. And I, you know, they're kind of grizzled old guys in the snow. And uh, mm-hmm. I, I like cold weather. I'm not, you know, necessarily big into the the hot weather. So I like cold weather and I, I'm getting older. I thought, yeah, I can, I can align with that. Um, so the, the main takeaway, and I don't want to rehash everything with that with, with just space Marines in general, but mm-hmm. the big thing that I like about space wolves is this notion of these Viking esque characters sitting around a campfire or a table or, or something, maybe after the battle and talking through all of the tales and, and beasts that they have slain and how they just, you know, overtook the enemy with one fell swoop and being very braggadocious about it, maybe making some stuff up, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> just, just getting in there and just being so proud of themselves and so raw with that beast slayer type of mentality. Oh, yeah. And one of the coolest things that I think they've done with this, the, the new detachment rules for space wolves is this section called deeds worthy of saga and they had this in the in ninth edition but yeah. it was more around the narrative i in my opinion it was more of a crusade kind of thing where you right. could build up and say uh before the, the battle kind of a little bit of a gamble you would say i'm, I'm going to kill this particular character or i'm going to take out these people or i'm going to do this thing during the battle and then if that happened you got a bon- bonus or a buff well, in 10th edition, one of the, the biggest changes is that the, the new rule for Deeds Worthy of Saga, it says at the end of the battle round, you can select one of the sagas listed below. If that saga was completed by your army during that battle round, all Adeptus Astartes models from your army gain the associated benefit until the end of the battle. You can only nice. select each saga once per battle. So at the end of a round, let's say end of round one, round two, and you say, you know what? I'm really close to, um, you know, a really uh, one of the Tyranid monsters, and I think mm-hmm. it's maybe it's 
halfway down on its wounds and I think I'm going to be able to take it out. Well, at the end of the battle round, I can assess what that's going to be. And now I'm going to turn around to look at my my uh, companions on, on the, in the Space Wolf Army and say, I'm going to take this thing down. And if I do, <laughs> uh, I get the bonus. I get the benefit of that. And then the benefit for the Beast Slayer, for example, melee weapons equipped by Adeptus Astartes models in your army have the lethal hits ability. So, you know, I, I don't know how all this is going to play on in in game, and but that's okay. It's going to be cool, though. I, I just, the theme around it, yeah. the stories uh, about Space Wolves, Dark Angels the same way, feels so thematic, and there is a difference in feel between Dark Angels and Space Wolves with uh, how they how they play, the rules they get, the buffs that they receive, mm-hmm. and... I think they've done a really outstanding job and I'm not going to get into all the numbers and the stats and no, math hammer this to death. A little pointless. I really am not. I mean, I, you know, we, we play this for fun mm-hmm. and the models look cool. The abilities sound awesome. If that means the army is, is less than, you know, great, I guess. And it's a little more difficult to uh, take down your opponent or maybe you, maybe you don't, you know, it's not very easy to, yeah. well, that, that's why we play the game. And I'm just excited to experience this um, this story around these yeah. armies. We'll continue the honor grudge <laughs> between <laughs> the two factions. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, very excited about the Space Marine chapters. Let's skip over now very quickly to the Chaos factions. And I say very quickly, not that they're not cool. There's a ton of awesome Chaos stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I just have just recently started collecting the Chaos Space Marines. Um, I, I painted up several. Um, I've got Vashtor here in front of me, and uh, I did look at his rules on the, on the data sheet. I know I'm not a, a stats guy, you know, and I, I doom and gloom, but I did look at his stats, and I'm like, yeah, these, these are okay. I mean, he doesn't do anything crazy amazing for yeah. the model that he is with these spiked wings and hammer uh-huh. and crazy face and, and all of this <laughs> and he looks incredibly menacing and then his stats are like yeah you know okay it's like a demon prince uh but uh i don't know i i'll, I'll probably put him on the table just because he looks cool and he's very imposing well, if the um, points are right yeah that's possible i guess if the points are low then mm-hmm. he'd be some somebody i'd put on the table but you know even even i with like with with ninth edition i remember for orcs they they um, kind of nerfed the the Morkonaut and Gorkonaut where they weren't as viable, uh-huh. made them more expensive. And so I didn't run them as much, but I still did it anyway just because I think the models look cool. So I'll probably yeah. do the same thing with Bashtor. Um, but I, I, the Chaos Space Marines, I'm, I'm getting up to speed on. Yeah. Um, I like There's them some cool quite stuff. a bit. Yeah. They they feel like the um, the slaves to darkness uh, AOS army I'm building. There's a lot of the rules that are very uh, sort of cross platform, if you want to say mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. the mark of chaos and stuff. You kind of pick and choose your path. Yep, that's kind of cool. Yeah, there there's some cool rules. Um, I just I can't speak to them really. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can read about them and and we can talk about them, but really where we get into this stuff is just by playing. Um, I'll also speak quickly on the thousand suns. And this was an army that one of our mutual friends plays. And I was asking him his opinion just on the index. He he was really excited about it, even mm-hmm. though they, they removed the psychic phase, which he was very concerned about. Because, <laughs> um, I mean, they're a psychic army. But yeah. they, they took all the psychic abilities, stuck them in the ranged weapons, and it still feels very psychic heavy. Uh, okay. But his, you know, I, I would say his opinion overall was very positive and there's a lot of synergies at play where you need to keep close to, you know, your, your characters that you get the benefits of, of re-rolls and and things like Mm -hmm. that, just like with every other army. But, um, you know, I, again, not a thousand sons player, but I was interested to hear his take to see if he was doom and gloom because they removed the psychic phase. And so far he, he seems to be pretty optimistic about it. So he turned the corner on that. That's good. That's really good. Yeah. And, and we also talked about as as someone who's not a, a heavy psychic army player, I like the fact that, you know, whenever I when in ninth and eighth, whenever I played against thousand sons, what was just so as great for him, not so much for me during the psychic phase, because they're mortal wounds, (laughs) you, you just don't do anything. I can't save, no matter right. of strategy, no matter of hiding, 
it's not going to matter. You just, if I can see you for the most part, then mm-hmm. and I roll and you don't have any psychers to deny the witch, you're you're done. You're just gonna take mortal wounds and that round is about removing models off the board. You know? That's right. So well, at least and, and, now I have a fighting chance. Yeah. And bad for him, he's gotta get through the command phase and the whole battle shock stuff, but I don't know what kind of abilities that, that team has necessarily, but but now you may get some of these uh uh, interruptive kind of stratagems where mm-hmm. you can use it in, in his shooting phase. Um, like some of the ones where the dark angels were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It, it feels like them, the, the psychic know. abilities aren't so isolated and, and mm-hmm. untouchable now. Um, you know, for, for heavy psyker armies, that's probably not the, the best news, but I, I just, I personally feel like it creates more of a dynamic of the game and a back and forth. Right. So that there is an offense and defense element, and it's not just all offense during the psychic phase, you know, where it was That's before. Right. Well, let's um, skip over now to the Xenos section, and uh, I'll, I'll go first, um, and okay. then we'll hit Necrons. I'll, I'll talk about Orcs really quickly. Uh, orcs was my, my first army that I ever played. It's how I got introduced to 40K. Um, I've got around probably 3,500 points or so of, of Orcs, which is which is still not not a lot, I guess, compared to some. Um, yeah, that's true. But you know, very interested to see what the the index is going to look like. I got to catch myself. I was getting ready to say codex. Uh, the the index. <laughs> um, some of the rules we've already gone over, but there were a couple. I uh, just my my general take um, for our our audience here. I I played Evil Sons from from as an orc player. I liked the the Mad Max theme, the aesthetic of just putting some crazy orc boys in a vehicle and just throwing throwing them straight up the board and yeah. trying to get into the opponent's face as quickly as as you can then jump out melee doing the jump pull, you know doing the um, the choke point sandwich in between and all that mm-hmm. I, I love the the orc strategy and so I was really interested to see especially with the detachments coming out are they going to lean into any of that are they going to bake some of the the evil sun's rules where red ones go faster, as we all know. I was gonna say there's you surely get a speed freaks kind of deal. Yeah, but they really didn't. Uh at least in the index. They've they've removed that. However, I'll I'll do the you know the the caveat. They they're starting with only one detachment, just like everybody else. Right. Um, and they're not putting in any type of evil sun's abilities baked into something like a rocket truck, squig buggy, or shock junk, uh, dragster or anything like that. They're not, they're not baking those, those, um, evil sons abilities into there, but you got to think that they're going to do this with the codex. That's what the codex is going to be for. Yeah. They're going to come out with the codex. They're going to have five or six detachments that you can pull from, and they're going to give you all the buffs and abilities that you want. So if you wanted to run a speed freaks, for example, mm-hmm. if you run it, want to run that, then those abilities and, and buffs are going to be there. So, um, I'm I'm optimistic about about that. I'm not, you know, there's no problems for me. One other thing that I noticed with the uh, on the data sheets, the orc boys no longer have a t-shirt save, no longer oh, a six good. up save. It's now a five up save. Still not hey. great, but better than before. And then there is a um, a stratagem. I'm sorry, not a stratagem. Uh, just an ability that the orc boys have built into their um, their data sheet called breaking heads where mm-hmm. if you had a war boss leading the unit in the command phase that whenever there is a battle shock test failed that you can essentially remove uh one of the bodyguard models of that unit and then you okay. can re-roll the test hey, so in nice. previous it was to help with morale failure and then you would still have to lose some models but just wouldn't be as bad i didn't use it a ton it was more situational this mm-hmm. seems a little more viable and you're only losing one model so that's anyway, that's that's my take on orcs. I, as an, a big orc player, I'm very excited. I think they still kept the, the theme of them. Looking forward to playing them in the future. All right, let's skip over to Necrons. Uh, I, I have some Necrons. I've only played them mm-hmm. a couple of times. And I know that you have collected Necrons, but have played a few times. But you, you're going to have a little more experience than, than I have. So... Steve, what have you seen with the index and maybe some some standouts for you? Yeah, I, I probably have, you know, around 2,000-ish points-ish 
uh, of Necrons. I have a little over 500 you know, playable right now. So I've played really small games and honestly, they're not a great army in that 500 point range, at least in ninth <laughs> rules, you know, they, yeah. it's just hard to play them. Um, but the reanimation protocols are still there, which is good because, you know, you're putting wounds back on models. Uh, what I like about this from what I could wrap my head around the, the previous version is this this newer version it looks like you can uh help your multi-wound models more Mm -hmm. so previously it felt like well it was great for warriors um and immortals and things that had one wound not so hot for things that had three or, or more wounds so but now it feels like now you're adding wounds back because I could be wrong, but I, I feel like the previous edition, you had to be able to roll enough on your dice roll to get an entire model back. Yeah. So if you had, if you had a, if you had a three wound model and you only had two wounds left to apply, you didn't get anything. It was basically wasted. Uh, I could be wrong about that. No, but that's I, what I, 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 I think that's accurate. I think the new yeah. reanimation protocols allow you to, it's a, it's a healing mechanism versus mm-hmm. just a resurrection dead model type of a rule now it's yeah it's more of a healing which you can still have your cake and eat it too right you can resurrect dead models because they need healing but you can also heal wounded models that are still on the table so a reanimation protocol is is just a a reanimation of of uh of wounds versus just reanimation of dead dead bodies which i think is a is a cool alteration to the rule it's going to be harder to chip away at units with yeah. that now. Yeah, for sure. Um, the command protocols are now like stratagems. So if I remember in ninth, you had to take your command protocols, you pick the order of which um, battle round they were going to, you were going to use them in. So, so, so confusing. I oh just... my God. It was so hard. It was like <laughs> combat doctrines, which oh. was hard enough, but it was pretty much set. Right. Now yeah. this one, you you picked them and you wrote them down. I was like, "Well, I I flailed so much because yeah. I was like, oh, I've got that and I never used it." Uh, and they're integral. They were integral in ninth to buffing your army and helping them move along and and survive. You know those rounds. Mm-hmm. Now they're command point stratagems, so you can pick what you want. Yeah, I love it. And, just the one, the protocol of the eternal guardian is I, I just love this one, man. You can take an infantry character, um, if they're destroyed <laughs> and then if you just basically spend a CP and set them back up on the battlefield as close as possible to where it was destroyed an inch away from all enemy models. And they come back with half the number of its starting wounds. Jeez. That is great. It's really I mean, cool though. If, I mean, if you have it like feels, a, it feels Necron. You know, just, uh, it's just, perfect. just in general, it feels very Necron. Yes. And, uh, to, to my next point, like if you get Illuminor Zeris, which I didn't, I don't have that model. Now I want that model because I looked at the data sheet and he is just going to be a murder machine. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's like nine wounds or something like that. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, kill him. I'll throw a CP out there and come back with, you know, four or five or however you divvy it out. And then he just commences the back to doing what he was doing before. And same thing with the Satan. But now I guess, I guess it have to be an infantry character. So I didn't look close at the keywords. So that might be, you know, they, this might be limited to things like uh, Lords and overlords and mm-hmm. maybe a catacomb command bard or something like that. But uh, we'll just, I just have to look a little deeper into it, but I was, it got me daydreaming, you know, um, yeah, I mean, right right now it's it's easy to get excited for yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's like we, we're not really gonna know until we right. really start playing. Hopefully, the the points come out uh, maybe potentially tomorrow. Yeah. But um, you know, uh, as of this recording, I, I I'm really hopeful that we're gonna be able to to get some games in, and then we can come back and and talk about this a little more about our experiences. Yeah. So. Um, you know the the one thing I wanted to to say right before we we move to the the next chapter the next faction is you mentioned uh, didn't you didn't have Illuminor Caesaris. Uh I I have that model. Yeah. And it, it was a huge pain in the butt to put together. <laughs> it looks like it. <laughs> oh my gosh! I, the, it has like this um, 
you know, where he's, the, the model looks really awesome. You know, he, he's yeah. using psychic powers to remove, uh, I, I guess a soul almost like, uh, Shang Tsung from uh, Mortal Kombat. Yeah. But that, that goop, that beam of the soul or something mm-hmm. is attached to the like three different places. And it's mm. so thin and spindly. It's really difficult to put together and it broke off so many times. And if you I look at it imagine. now, you probably wouldn't know, but it's, I super glued the mess out of that thing. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's extra goopy now because it looks like a, just a giant mold of super glue. But that's so funny. Anyway, just uh, FYI, when, if you get that model, you're be ready with a, an extra set of hands somewhere. Yeah, no doubt. Well, we got one more uh, Xenos faction to talk about and that is uh we saved the best and shortest uh for last and that is the league the leagues of votan um i you know i'll just do a a talk probably way too much nobody really cares that much about the leagues of votan i do i i like them but um they're the the hot take i guess if if you will (laughs) on the votan lots of judgment even more than i thought more judgment tokens really it's just more opportunities yeah, to hand out like judgment that. tokens. And then there's a lot of synergies with that. So a lot of, um, they're actually a little more complex now than they were in ninth edition, where before you just kind of handed out the judgment tokens and then your your shots were buffed. End of story. Mm-hmm. Now there's more stuff that you can do, you know, if they have a judgment token, if they have two judgment, if they have this, if they have that, then you get these extra bonuses and buffs. Um, so really that the goal even more so than before is just to pile on the judgment tokens as quickly as you can. Okay. And there's some, um, there's some extra abilities that I wanted to highlight. One is called a long list, which <laughs> I just like the, <laughs> the picture in my head, you know, somebody with the, uh, with the Santa. giant Santa Claus list <laughs> scroll going down, like, you know, and with the monocle, you know, <clears throat> let me, <sighs> let me uh, regale you with uh, names <laughs> on this list um but you know there's called a long list and essentially all it is is that you're once you put a judgment token on someone Mm -hmm. you add a second judgment token to another unit you can see so it's like you get judged for doing whatever and then oh i see you over there on the corner you also get judged (laughs) um the other the other uh there was a stratagem uh called wayfarer's grace where Mm -hmm. essentially it allows you to uh, spend spend that CP and on death of a, I believe it's a character, uh, okay. you get to roll. And if it's a two plus, you keep them alive with full wounds. Oh, no. So pretty, you know, I think you can only use that once. <laughs> it's kind of a, a one shot, but yeah, pretty awesome. It's not like reanimation protocol where you can do it with everybody. Yeah. It's just going to be this one guy, but they're pretty cool. Um you got some pretty good one guys in that army, though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, I mean, you know, a handful. It's not as yeah. uh, extensive as some others. But um, the Grimnir, which is the Psyker, is, mm. only has one psychic power now. And <laughs> I've seen a lot of people complaining about that. I actually like that. I hate, <laughs> I hate going back into the Codex and yeah. looking up all the psychic powers and trying to make that decision. Just tell me what I get. And I just need some might. That's all I mean. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course, I guess everybody has smite, I would assume. Yeah. I didn't even look yeah, that up. Do. But, yeah, they uh, So I have smite and then one psychic powder with, uh, power right. with the Grimnir, which I love. Um, the Magna Rail, which was a big, uh, you know, everybody everybody that I played against hated the, the Magna, Magna Rail. Rail. <laughs> um, now it's, it's, it's not as strong, but it is a, a five plus to hit now, which you get one shot, five up. Now there, there is an ability with the... Um, Uther the Destined, if you have that character, you can turn things into an automatic six. You know, that, that's, that ability is still there. But mm-hmm. on a five up, if I hit, it does have the Devastating Wounds ability, which means if I, if I roll a six to wound, so I could use Uther the Destined to, to flip that to a six. If I roll mm-hmm. a six to wound, that, that becomes Mortal Wounds equal to the damage characteristic and the damage characteristic is yeah it's it's pretty um it's pretty spicy the damage characteristic on the magna rail is d3 plus three so at most you know what do you i guess six wounds potentially but those could be mortal um but there's a lot of rolls you got to get to before that but yeah but you're talking like one battle line guy could maybe one one shot a unit of five Depending on the wound characteristic. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Yeah, I 
you know, Great. and I'm, I'm excited to play Botan as always. <laughs> uh, but, you know, just, just to kind of wrap up this segment with the, with the index releases, I, I think we can both agree right now we're, we're definitely caught up in the hype, but even, even after we start playing some games and maybe we find out that some of these units aren't as quote unquote powerful or as awesome, maybe as we thought, it's not going to take away the, the theme and the flavor of each of these mm-hmm. armies, which uh, I think they have done. Games Workshop has done an outstanding job doubling down on that with each of these factions. And, and I think for me too, uh, you know, it may be because we're doing this podcast and we talk about rules now and we're just right. chatting it and, and, you know, fleshing it out a little bit more. Uh, the, the way this is set up, it feels like I am going to be able to flow chart this in my head mm-hmm. and it's just going to like, all right, if then this, if then that, and it's just going to be just so much more fun to play. I agree. Because I, th- I think we're going to have our eyes on the board and not in the book. Yep. Which is the preference, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, exciting times. Looking forward to playing some Warhammer 40,000 very, very soon with all these armies. Yes. Let's now get into some terrain rules discussion and wanted to talk about this. Um, you know, th- those are in the core rules and you can read through those. There's nothing crazy there, but reason we wanted to, to discuss um, is, you know, Steve, you, you brought up something that you had seen on YouTube and I, I've seen it on, on Reddit as well. The quote unquote controversy <laughs> that yeah. uh, we've seen some people say that the, the terrain rules are broken and, um, <sighs> And, I hate that word. <laughs> and I'm not going to spend a lot of time about that because I, I, I disagree. Um, mm-hmm. You know, is it is it broken, meaning that you can't play 40,000 10th edition with terrain? Absolutely not. I think this is uh, the intent is there. And, yep. you know, it's important to remember that this is a game. It is a game that people yes. play for fun, just like any other game that you would play. And a lot of times you have to house rule things. The only difference with Warhammer and any other uh, game, I mean, I'm, I'm even talking like, you know, chess or uh, <laughs> Monopoly, you know, a game of life, right? The, mm-hmm. the actual board game of life. That's remember right. that. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many house rules and you come up with house rules and that's just kind of part of it. The only difference with that is that you don't really have a Monopoly tournament scene. Or maybe, maybe there is, you know, just not aware of it. <laughs> Who knows? But, the, you know, the tournament scene is is a, a small minority of the overall Warhammer community, but they're the most vocal. And um, for us, you know, on, on this podcast, we're here to have a good time, to enjoy mm-hmm. the game. And I look at these rules and focus on the intent and to say, okay, you know, this is not, let's not get too involved. Let's just stick with, with what the the goal of this rule was. So. Yeah. That's uh that's all we'll say on the on the controversy. I did want to get more into the actual rule. So let's let's talk about the the benefits of terrain, which is more importantly the benefits of cover. Um mm-hmm. so the benefits of cover for anyone that hasn't read up on all these rules, the benefits of cover is a plus one to your saving throws. So if you gain the benefits of cover, and we're gonna you're gonna hear us talk about that a lot, you get a plus one to your saving throw. That's it. Period. No, no extra buffs or anything else. Easy Plus enough. one to your saving throw. Yep. Um, the only difference is if you're if the model has a three up save already, you cannot have benefits of cover against AP zero. So if nothing okay. has AP on the attack and they're shooting you, and you have a decent save, you know mm-hmm. already, uh, you, you don't get the benefits of cover. So you can't go to a two plus against something okay. that is like I don't know, I guess a, a pistol or something that's not yeah. going to have a high AP, which makes sense. Yeah, keeps you from parking these like you know high killy things in in a forest mm-hmm, or something. Mm-hmm. I'm sure someone will come up with a way to get around oh, it. Oh, you know it's coming. <laughs> but um, we're gonna hit on on each of the different types of terrain and talk about um, you know a couple things that that are notable. The craters and rubble are first, and looking through the core rules um, as a as a terrain guy who's really excited about terrain. I am very hopeful that within the first month they actually release an official terrain kit for for craters. Oh man, that'd be great! Yeah, it looks awesome. Um, 
And yes, I'm, even though it's just a crater, I get excited <laughs> about that stuff because uh, I don't know, uh, I just do. Um, but the, the benefit of cover there is that you have to be wholly within infantry only. So don't park your dreadnoughts in there. Yeah. Uh, Easy enough. Infantry only, wholly within, you get the benefits of cover. And, you know, I, I, I like this rule and there's mm-hmm. no penalty to movement anymore. At least I haven't seen that. There's no, so, you know, uh, minus two to your, to your move or going over or craters or anything like that. So I think it's just the benefit of cover. Steve, any, um, any thoughts on, on this at all? No, I think that's really cool. I was watching uh play on tabletop. I think they mm-hmm, have a mm-hmm. little primer guide to how to play Warhammer 40 K 10th edition, which I highly recommend. Uh, we'll have to put it in the show notes cause it's, it's a really good video. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they did one for ninth, which was fantastic. And they actually had a, a crater on there and they, they used it as we're speaking to. And I was like, yeah, that's great. It's just fantastic. I love it. Um, uh, cause I don't think we would have used it much in ninth if I remember right. I don't know if it did anything really, but slow. No, down, right? I mean it, it, we, we put craters down and mm-hmm. I have some that I'm, that, that were 3d printed, but mm-hmm. we put craters down and they really just kind of got in the way. They were a way yeah. to limit the movement of, of charging units essentially, uh, because they gave you a, a penalty to your movement. So now they've removed that. And now it's something that you can actually bunker in yeah. if you're infantry, which I think I is think cool. Good. I do too. Next terrain, uh, category. If, if that's what we're going to go with, we're going to category mm-hmm. pipes and barricades. So with pipes and barricades, you can move over them freely. There's no more restriction to that. Um, so I, they, these are pipes and barricades are uh, two inches or lower. Two, so okay. that the new gotcha. rule with terrain in general is that models can move freely over mm. terrain that's less than two inches tall, which I, I like that because it just it removes some unnecessary complexity. Mm-hmm. So you can move freely over there. Uh, but the the really important thing is that you can charge models on the opposite side. And you could do this with with ninth, but it was a little more difficult and uh, again to me situational. Right. This time, you know, you you get the benefits of cover if you're wholly within three inches of these pipes and barricades and you're not fully visible to every attacking model. So if okay. you've got a, a squad of um, you know, orc boys shooting at some Necron warriors and you've got maybe part of them covered by this, by the barricade, but still the whole unit is, is wholly within three inches of the barricade, mm-hmm. then you will receive uh, the benefits of cover with that. So you'll get the yeah. plus one to save. And then I can charge, charge us what orc boys would do, um, charge into you as long as you're within an inch or two, I think of the, of the pipes and barricades. Yeah. I think that's really cool. So pretty cool. Um, next is the debris and statues. Um, not a lot of statues. I'm hoping that they come out with, with more statues. Yeah, me too. Have, you, not, have you seen the, the ones with the, and I can't remember what terrain set it's from, but it was like with the, the sword and shield statue. Yeah, I've seen those. I mean, they, uh, they show them in the they show them in the core rules all the time, and I'm looking at the book right now, and I see them. I'm like, "Yeah, what, are you going to re-release those?" Well, I know a guy that can maybe make some. Shh, <laughs> <laughs> I got a guy. Don't, don't we don't speak of it. <laughs> no, I know. Honestly, I always forget that you have a 3D printer and you can yeah. make those for me. But you know, we might we might have to talk. Yeah, I, I I've. I haven't looked for those files yet, but uh, again, that the video I just referenced and there was a statue in the middle used it yep. just exactly yep. what we're talking about. I was like, Oh, need more statues. Yep. So debris and statues, nothing, nothing fancy here. Uh, you get the benefit of cover if you're not fully visible. So if mm-hmm. you're hiding behind, you get the benefits. Easy enough. Next is the, um, you have a, about several of these hill structures, mm-hmm. sealed buildings, and containers. Okay. So, bit bit of a mouthful, right? Um, but really, you can climb on top of these, um, just like you could before. Think about containers. Their they're structures yeah. now are those one level terrain bits that they've come out with recently. Um, yeah, like those uh, hab blocks or 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by themselves, I don't think they look good. But when you put all the mm-hmm. fencing and the satellite stuff around it, that you know that that appeals yeah. to me. The only only thing I don't like is it's just a little low. It's a little short. I wish it were, gotcha. were taller. But anyway, you can climb on top of them. That's pretty cool to get a, a vantage point. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get the benefits of cover if you're not fully visible. So same same thing as before. Um, next up is the woods category. And, you know, they, they talk about at the very beginning to, uh, on the woods and the next one would be ruins. They talk about the, in the book about deciding of the footprint, what's the footprint of the woods going to be. So something that I want to, um, just advise to anyone that's looking into getting in terrain and and we're going to actually going to do a a podcast dedicated to terrain and and building and and getting that created. I've, I've actually gotten into a lot built rocks and ruins and and different things and have a ton of terrain now um but the the footprint you can use i recommend some hardboard that you can find at your hardware store uh, for those in the states like home depot it's a about a quarter of an inch thick hardboard and then you just cut out with a jigsaw and then i've taken my trees that you can get those are the age of sigmar trees and glue those down in a circle on top of that board and then you put flock on that and that is your footprint. So now mm-hmm. there's no question about what the footprint is, which, you know, then you don't have to worry about moving around the the trees and everything. It's just, here's the woods, bam, and stick it on the board. Yeah. And I think as long as you all agree to it, man, this is going to be, it's actually going to be easier than what we had to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. And then you know, the, the rules for the woods, you know, if you're wholly within, you get the benefits of cover. It's a mm-hmm. common theme. And then if you're attacking on either side, so let's say neither one of us are actually in the trees, um, benefit of cover is granted to both sides. So it's not obscuring. I can shoot through the trees, Mm -hmm. makes sense, but you both get a plus one to save, which I I think is a good, yeah, makes sense. I I can envision a board with, you know, like you make some rolling hills, bunch of craters, got some woods, and that's it. You know, yeah, I, I mean, can see playing that way be fun. Back in back in the day with Warhammer Fantasy, they had they had hills. I mean, hills yeah. were a thing. Um, I don't I don't see that happening really with with 40k. I mean, hills Probably don't. Not. I don't I don't think of the grim dark future with rolling hills. <laughs> not a lot. <laughs> no, <laughs> like the it's like the Windows XP background <laughs> with uh, with a grim dark future. Um, maybe, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah, accidentally I, some alien world. yeah some dead beast where you know that's your hill maybe Uh maybe. um but uh the next up is the ruins which has the same thing about deciding a footprint same thing as before i would Mm -hmm. recommend getting some hardboard putting your ruin on top of that the only downfall is that you can't if it's a if it's a multi-part ruin uh where it's got some barricades along with it once you've glued it down it's you know it's not really going anywhere you can make a modular but for me, I just like having it all in one and just saying, here's the, here's the ruin. Um, you, the, this is probably the, the one with the most, uh, the, the most rule set going along with it. So if you're in the, the ruin, you get, first of all, you get negative, uh, minus one to AP if you are six inches vertically above your opponent. So if they are down the surface level and you're on the second or third level of the ruin, okay. um, you actually get a bonus to your AP, a bonus is meaning the, a, a minus one. Is that the plunging fire rule, yes. I think, that's on the okay. Yeah, similar to Kill Team, where they give you some mm-hmm. benefits to having a uh, height advantage. Um, yeah. But very similar here, which, you know, I, I like that they're doing that. Hopefully that means we're going to get some multi-level ruins. Yeah, more. me too. Yeah. Um, and then, just like in before, your infantry beasts can uh break through the walls they can do the kool-aid man through the walls of the ruins ignoring those walk right through them cool and then they can be set up on higher floors and then of course you get the benefits of cover if you are wholly within so if you're wholly within get your plus one if you are not and you're on either side it is obscuring so think of a giant rectangle uh, of blackness you know that you can't see through uh no no shooting through windows and etc that's correct Yeah, yeah. That's so unless good. you're in, unless you're in the ruin, and that's where gotcha. some of the controversy has come in. Like, you know, it's the way the rules are written. I mm-hmm. think the intent is to ensure that you can't shoot through the windows, but really, it's like if you're touching the ruin, I think you mm-hmm. should be able to shoot through it. 
you just won't get the benefits of cover. Yeah. And that's that's the easy way to to do it. Yeah. Um, they'll probably FAQ it and to make it more specific because you got people out there that are gonna try to cheat the game. But the intent, I think, yeah. is just to say, you know, put your dip your toe into the the corner of the ruin. You don't get the benefit of cover, but you can shoot through it. I think that makes sense. I think it's fine. And and like I said, you house rule it and make it easy and simple as long as it, you know, is true to the intent. Uh, I think the way these rules are set up, I, I feel like it's just going to be easier to everybody agree on because it's the one thing that is, is a steady constant. Um, you know, it affects yeah. you just like it affects me. As long as we agree to where those boundaries are, no biggie. Yeah. Agreed. And you know, I, Steve, any any kind of wrap up thoughts around terrain and maybe what you're looking forward to? It, it's not a, a ton that's different from Ninth, except I think they've simplified where they could. They've removed some rules where it made sense, and I like that they're just making it a flat saving bonus with the benefit cover. Yeah, I feel like in Ninth you were almost you weren't forced or required, but I, I feel like L shaped buildings like. Single level L shaped buildings was good enough. Yeah, like there's there's no benefit to having climbing two levels. Uh, there was no benefit to having trees. There was no benefit to having craters. Uh, I feel like now all those little bits that kind of help the immersion matter, and I think it's just going to be much more fun to play. Like we're saying, you could do a whole wooded scene if you wanted to, like make some alien dead forest or. Or just like the uh, trailer for 10th with the jungle scene. Make Mm -hmm. a whole jungle motif if you want to. Um, Or, you know, do some sort of like sci-fi, you know, outpost kind of looking thing. So you don't have to go down the like, oh, this is a wrecked city and these are just L-shaped buildings and, you know, some barricades and pipes. Because it it just felt the night that's just sort of where it funneled. you might as well do that because that was the easiest way to get through the game. Uh, it just didn't feel like the terrain was written in as, as an important character. Now it feels like a, like a non-player character, you know, like all the cool NPCs in a video game that mm-hmm. make a video game fun. That's what the terrain's going to feel. It feels like to me looking at it for the 10th. Yeah, I, I agree. And w- one of the things I like about the verticality, they're actually adding mm-hmm. some rules in for verticality because they've added so many deep strike abilities you know, where yeah. you, and, and teleport abilities is I have eliminators, you know, the, mm-hmm. the snipers for space Marines. And I, you know, if I'm able to deep strike them and put them somewhere, I'm always going to put them on the, the top floor. That's, you know, that's just natural. I want to put them on the top floors so they can see through the window. And now I actually have a reason to, now oh. I get a benefit. I get to add no the good. AP to it. Um, and they get cover. Yeah, exactly. And with the deep strike ability, I get the plus one to cover and minus one to AP. So mm. you be, you better believe that when I'm I'm, I'm rolling out those uh, eliminators, they're going yes. on top of the statue. Shoot <laughs> you yeah, know? man. I don't disagree fit. at all. They're going on top of the, the top floor, the, the penthouse mm-hmm. suite. Well, terrain, I, I agree, is very much an NPC. It's a part of the game now. Um, exciting to to see what they're going to do and i'm even more excited to see what kind of new terrain they come out with hopefully this means they're going to come back with some of the gothic ruins the multi-level ruins yeah where you can piece those together and really make a, a destroyed city that you want gosh it didn't even dawn on me till this conversation that that's that could be a thing Mm-hmm. No, I saw it in the core rules. They had a picture of example battlefields, oh, and I saw all man. these multi-level buildings. I'm like, oh snap! You got to bring those back. <laughs> save my, save my allowance. That's right. Well, that will wrap up our show uh, for this episode of Dad Hammer Bolters and Booze. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Medicaid Steve. I hope you enjoyed your your Grot Bomb cocktail. How was it? Oh, it's fantastic. Very grotty and a little bit bomby. (laughs) That sounds gross. (laughs) Well, thank you for listening. um, And thank you to this delicious beer that I have just finished. I am the War Boss, and we will see you next time on Dad Hammer. Cheers, Steve. Cheers.
Cheers, man. 